Noel. Come on in, Nancy. It was after serving in the military that Jim Huber returned home to learn he has a degenerative disease that has left him legally blind. Now, with the help of his guide dog, Noel, he takes his daily walks through a Salt Lake City neighborhood. One of my neighbors, John, is going to take me over to It's Raining Cats and Dogs, and she'll get her nails clipped. Having always been active in the out-of-doors, Huber now contracts with a northern Utah organization, Common Ground, they help him when he wants to rock climb on U.S. forest land or if he needs transportation to ride the rapids on a BLM-managed river. I could do a rafting trip in a large swimming pool if somebody made waves. It would be a similar situation, but you don't have the interaction that you have with other people. It's the social event, at least for me, being able to stay active with people. Say, I love nature. And it's a... I like canoeing. Canoeing. <laughs> And I hope to like hiking someday. <laughs> I love hiking. That was Jack's mother, Delsa Bentley. She uses that same service to assist her nine-year-old son. And today, they're headed to a nature center in the Cache National Forest. Do you mind if she follows you? Sure. Don't I have to hike up the river a little bit? You have to walk up Jack was born with Down syndrome. He's going to be meeting up with a friend. Uh, they just have a ball. They just have fun doing all the things, canoeing and... Hiking, they're not so much climbers, but they like being chased and, and uh, hanging out with the crew. So Common Ground helps bridge that gap. They have the ability to get that equipment to people. And I remember we borrowed the uh, ski equipment from Common Ground. To me, it's all what you think you can do or what you can handle. The friends are among an increasing number of individuals with physical or cognitive disabilities that are using our public lands to recreate. And of the 150 million guests who spend time in our national forest just last year, 8% reported having a disability. And it's because of this increase that service providers are really in demand. Uh, Alex Mendelson, I am the Recreation Program Manager at the National Ability Center. Contracted outfitters like Common Ground in Logan and the National Ability Center in Park City are working with federal land management agencies. They help to access special population recreation permits. That's so that groups of individuals with disabilities can gather in places like Zion National Park, where there are fire rings that are wheelchair accessible. Or maybe they need a river raft rigged to meet the special needs of someone with limited mobility. And for helping people get access to the outdoors independently. We kind of joke at the National Ability Center, our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. When you're at a national park and you see somebody utilizing some type of adaptive equipment, it makes you realize, what can I do to help them get out here and enjoy what I'm enjoying? I will kind of go out of my way in order to make sure that people are involved. Common Ground Program Manager Jody Flickinger, as well as her crew, are spending much of their time trying to locate campsites and reviewing public land guidelines to help assist individuals who might require a wheelchair-accessible picnic table, for example, or maybe they're using a special piece of adaptive equipment to hike or climb. The bigger problem is having the knowledge, and knowledge is power for us and everybody, that says, yes, this is a place you can go to. Yes, these are your accessible areas. You can go here with a motorized wheelchair. This is one that you can travel to, but you might have to be able to walk on uneven ground. Uh, this one has accessible bathrooms, great place for everything. Having that information is way more useful than making everything accessible to me. For federal land management agencies, their workers have to follow the Architectural Barriers Act of 1968 when trying to balance the intent of disability laws with those of the wilderness laws.
Matt Blocker oversees recreation and visitors for the BLM, Utah State Office, and tries to find ways to accommodate those with disabilities who are hoping to spend time recreating in the 23 million acres of Utah BLM land. And we're just seeing more and more people uh, loving these Bureau of Land Management lands, uh, checking on on technologies and, and how people are using public lands. Adapting to the technology, we're constantly being flexible. It's uh, faster than we can make policy or uh, guidelines with providing those sort of recreation opportunities to, to people of all abilities. Yeah, if there's a will, there's a way. Nancy Brunswick is a regional landscape architect with the Forest Service. She works on projects in 12 national forests here in Utah, as well as Nevada, parts of Wyoming and Idaho. And you'd be amazed at where some people have been able to um, get a wheelchair if they have suitable body strength and some health. Okay. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there are people who have repelled off of the edges of mountains using their wheelchair and, and a special um, bolting system to be able to repel off the mountain. There are still some barriers to be broken. Some organizations like People for Bikes are pushing for people with disabilities to be allowed to use electronic bikes in non-motorized areas of our public lands. And there is the occasional vehicle that parks too close to the wheelchair ramp. But things are progressing. The Forest Service is working with the Utah Conservation Corps and the Disability Inclusive Crew. They're conducting an inventory of accessible places within our national parks and other federal lands that should be available to the public soon. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Carrie Bringhurst. Support for Loving Our Lands to Death is made possible in part by our members and the USU Quinney College of Natural Resources, where students and faculty promote the sustainability of ecosystems and the communities that depend on them. Information at qcnr.usu.edu.